What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson. On the magnificent Monday edition of The Yard, it's always a little more magnificent when we win the football game. You know what I'm saying? I, mean, I always try to embrace Mondays. You know, it's a, it's a new chance. It's a new week. We can get a lot done, getting back into the grind. But it's always easier to get up and get moving when we win the football game. Mississippi State certainly won the football game on Saturday, 38-28. Probably not as impressive as some people had hoped. I, you know, I expected a little more of a separation there when State pulled ahead 35-14. I actually picked it 42-17, but we we went ahead 35-14. I thought we'd go ahead and put them away there. That that's something we'll talk about. You know, we need to have that killer instinct. You need to be able to knock people out when you have them on the ropes. That's something you develop over time, but this is a proud program, and these guys have been around for a while. These veteran guys that understand what it takes to win in college football. We'll break it all down. We'll take a look around the league and uh, a couple other games of interest that you guys might want to know about. And uh, you probably already know by now who won and who lost and the statistical leaders and all that sort of stuff, but we'll get into some of that today. I want to remind you that our good friends at Bulldog Burger Company are here to serve you. Love going up there. Was there last week. I think I've been every week the last month. I think every every week in August, I was at Bulldog Burger Company. And uh, every time, I left feeling better than when I went in there. Not just because I was hungry, but because I felt good about the money that I was spending. It's good value, good service. It's a good product. It's good people. I want to remind you guys, too, Bulldog Burger Company is expanding. Their uh, new location will open in Tupelo September the 23rd. September 23rd, they're on Gloucester Street. You're going to be glad you're going. Many of you are like, you know what, Steve? One of the best things about Starbucks was when we come to town, we can go to the Bulldog and go to Bulldog Burger Company and get a burger. Well, now that show is going on the road. Excited to be a part of that community. Uh, and it, Bulldog Burger Company is for everybody. Okay, so I, I know there are going to be many of your, your old Miss friends going to say, hey, listen, I'd love to go eat lunch with you, but I don't know if I'm welcome at Bulldog Burger Company. Well, you're absolutely welcome. Absolutely welcome. Because you know the spring rolls will make you better looking. And you know your Ole Miss fans, your friends, they, they need to be better looking. So go ahead and put them on those spring rolls and have them come enjoy some time with you in Tupelo. Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Starkville, and now Tupelo, where people go to meet. M-E-A-T. So the uh, most important news of the day, as you already know, is that Mississippi State uh, gets by Louisiana Lafayette. Yes, I said it. I will continue to say it. Wasted a ton of money in the Louisiana State Legislature to, to, to be able to, to claim that nomenclature. We're going to stick with it, okay? Uh, so, again, as I said top of the show, 
I expected us to be able to, once we got them on the ropes, kind of wear them down and be done. And I thought actually in the end that Mississippi State's defense kind of wore down. You know, it took, we, we had some lulls there, you know, in the first half. But then it felt like, okay, we've kind of got things figured out on offense. We're going to go ahead and put this thing away. So, uh, so let's go back and start. Very first play of the year, just reminiscent of last year. Last year, Joe dials up a uh, a touch for Colin Hill. Colin breaks it into the into the clear for a touchdown. N- no touchdown, but Colin Hill gets 20 yards on his very first touch. And it's almost like Joe was kind of. It was almost like he, Joe was sending a message, not just to the Raging Cajuns, but the Mississippi State team and fans. You know what? It's a different day. We're going to be able to utilize the running backs a little bit more, and, and we're going to be committed to the run. So, you, so Colin comes out and gets that big run, and there's a pass to Osiris, and then Colin runs for another first down, and the next thing you know, Tommy Stevens gets loose, and then one play later, a 31-yard connection to Osiris Mitchell for a touchdown right, right in front of me. Got a great shot of that. The main thing about all that is I said, you know what, this is a great mix-and-match drive, but, man, what a statement on the opening drive to come out and connect on a long pass, a reasonably long pass, uh, to, to get everybody excited, to get everybody excited about Tommy Stevens, but also, too, I think, make a commitment to the ground game, but then show them, you know what, yeah, we can we can use Colin Hill to run you over, but we can also throw over the top. And, and Louisiana really looked confused in the secondary. If you go back and watch the replay, as soon as Dedrick Thomas realizes that both the defenders went bought on his route and Osiris able to get loose before the ball is even complete Dedrick's got his hands in the air they're already up there he knows it's a touchdown then Cam Dancer comes out baits Levi Lewis into the throw picks it off we're set up right there at the 35 and you just kind of got a sense you know what if we go ahead and cash in here we're going to put this game away we're going to go ahead and make, make this thing happen right here out of the gate didn't quite work out as we'd planned. We go out there and get a couple of carries for Colin Hill, and uh, then we get a first down on, on a, a very, very efficient out route to Stephen Gidry. And, and there's so many things I've, I've seen people talk about this play on social media. Everybody has the 5, 10, 15 yard out in, 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 in the playbook. I mean, it's just the reality of things. But Stevens and Gidry made that look really, really easy because there was absolutely no chance that the UL defender was going to be able to get there. Gidry runs a great route, and before he even comes out of its break, the ball is there. There's just no chance of the interception. You're not going to miss inside on that. Stevens, great timing, great accuracy, made it really, really simple. Really, really simple. The very next play, Tommy Stevens is sacked and fumbled, and I asked Tommy specifically about that in the postgame. And, and rather than saying, well, you know, it's miscommunication here, or we just didn't see him, or they surprised us with this, Tommy's like, you know what, that's on me. That's on me. I've got to find that in the pre-snap read. I've got to adjust the protections. I didn't do it. That's on me. And he gets blindsided and, and fumbled. And, and, you know, the thing about that that is refreshing, and I'm not saying this to be critical of anybody else, but one of the me- most important ways to endear yourself to your teammates is to hold yourself accountable. You know, and it's not not saying, "Hey, it was a team issue." No, it's me. That that's that's on me. I'm the quarterback. I'm the guy that has an opportunity uh, to, to to view the whole defense prior to the snap. 
I made a mistake in the pre-snap read. I did not adjust the protections, and as a result, we had a turnover. We had a turnover that could have been prevented. As much as I hated the fumble, I'm glad to see a guy come out there and say, you know what, we're going to be better, and I'm not going to make that mistake again. Now, the rest of that story is they're celebrating the fumble, and I don't remember who it was. I think it was number 17 for UL. They uh, they kind of he's celebrating and kind of inadvertently bumps into Tommy Stevens. I don't know that there was anything said. I don't believe that. I think it's just one of those things that happened. But something magical happened after that. Because as he brushed Tommy Stevens and Tommy kind of pushed his arm away, which which I'm a fan of to be to be quite honest with you, I like a quarterback that's got a little competitiveness and thinks you know what, you go celebrate on your own time. Well then the uh, the defender from UL goes and gets in Tommy Stevens' face, and what happens immediately is Osiris Mitchell and Tommy Champion go to defend their quarterback. And some would argue, well, yeah, that's always the case. No, no, it's not. It is not always the case. There are a lot of times that you see guys just leave the field. There are other guys that are just go grab the may go grab Tommy and say, hey, let's just go on and go. I think the fact that Tommy Champion and Osiris Mitchell turn on, I think it was Osiris, and uh, run the risk of getting a penalty in defense of their quarterback, to, to me, that says a lot. It's not just about, hey, this isn't the player. This is my quarterback. You're not going to come up here and get in my quarterback's face. Uh, I think the dividends from that investment will, will, will be reaped over time this year. I thought, I thought it was a remarkable play. It, gets, it doesn't show up in the box score. But I thought that was among the biggest things. Matter of fact, I'm, I, I might even ask Jim Moorhead about that today. I might even ask him, you know, what his thoughts are. Uh, well, so <clears throat> they get to go in, and then uh, you know we, we get we get we get the fumble there. Um, didn't get a chance to cash in. Just you know, it's like we we get it back. Uh, Brian Cole recovers the fumble there, and that was that that crazy play. And listen. I give Bill and Napier and them a lot of credit. They they came to play and came to win. They just weren't there to keep it close. That that was a it was a pretty bad play call. They're trying to run that little swing pass, uh, and it gets batted down. And um, it's just, you know, it, it was kind of reminiscent of that Louisiana Tech play. You know what I'm saying? It was like Louisiana Tech light. We recover on fourth down, didn't cash in there. But again defensively we made some plays there what concerned me about that opening drive for for UL and if you go back and look at the box score there I mean the one they actually sustained possession is they come out and they they run with Calais they run with Calais they went four consecutive plays with Raymond Calais and every one of them was a positive uh, gain every one of them 26 7 2 and 3 so right out of the gate man we've already given up almost 40 yards rushing you had a handful of guys in there making tackles, but uh, they were able to establish the run pretty early. Uh, you know, then there is a, uh, you know, there's, a, there's an incomplete pass, and then there's another positive game. Then there's a, a, a completed pass, and so it's like before the uh, that wild and crazy fumble on fourth down, there weren't negative plays. You know, they were able to to gain yardage every every snap. Yes, it's early in the season. Yes, it's early in a ball game, but that 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 that's a concern. Okay, that's a concern. Yes, that's a veteran offensive line, and yes, we're inexperienced. But at the same time, that's a concern. I don't want to be overly concerned about it, but I but I, I think that is 
noteworthy. And I suspect it is something that uh, Bob Shute brought up in our team meeting on, on Sunday. So we get the ball back, our second turnover of the game for the defense. And that's something that's not to be lost either. We did. We, we struggled to, to, as great as the defense was last year, if you recall, we, we really struggled to, to create turnovers. And then the very first two defensive possessions of the year end with the defense getting their hands on the football. So we come back, and then uh, we turned over on downs on a drive that just seemed discombobulated. You know, I, I just don't know what happened there because we go out there, Kylan again for eight yards, Kylan for six, there's the first down. Uh, we have an incomplete pass to, to Gidry, a little miscommunication there. Kylan gets another positive gain. Then we're incomplete to Nick Gibson. That's the one where uh, Tommy's rolling to his left and kind of drops it over the top. If Nick catches that, it's for sure first down. I don't know what happened on that play, but that's a play we have to make there. That That's a great job by the quarterback extending the play, getting outside the pocket, throwing a catchable pass, and then us not making the play. And then we go for it on fourth down, and, and Tommy gets flushed, and then we've turned it back over on downs. The next drive for UL, an, another another good stop by the defense. And that's one of the things that, um, as I said, as the game wore on, we kind of had some lulls there. We kind of wore down late, but it's a pretty good start when you consider the first three drives are, are pretty much uh, ones where you call defensive wins. You know, they get they get behind the chains right out of the gate, first and 15 on a false start penalty. They get a nice run. Trey Regis gets a run, and you've got a pair of incompletions, and then they punt. So here we are, midway through the first quarter, really later than that, and uh, there have been three defensive possessions that end in two turnovers and a three and out. Not a bad start, right? The defense at this point is kind of is giving Mississippi State an opportunity to kind of take over, and we didn't take advantage of it. Uh, they punt the pat. They punt. And that's the craziness when uh, Tory Dixon and I still don't listen. I'm not going to be critical of Tory too much, but he had no business being around there. And you saw Malik Deer's reaction. Malik goes up and shoves him later. That was a game-changing play. We had all of the momentum at this point. Defense is actually playing pretty well. And as soon as they get a three and out, the special teams lets us down. Tory Dixon had no business being around that football. It's one of those things that happens, but it's kind of like, hey. Uh, I, went, I kept going to the barbershop, and eventually I got the haircut. You know, it's kind of like just stay away, stay away. The poison call, not heated by Tory Dixon. Ball goes off of him, and then what do, what do you know? Louisiana's given new life. And they find a way to get an end zone. You know, simple as that. They line up, run the football, they're in the end zone. And uh, really disappointed with how that all went to be because that, that made it a 7-7 ball game because that gave them juice. They were, I think offensively they were starting to doubt themselves a little bit. I think they were beginning to wonder, okay, can we play with these guys? And then we give them another opportunity there. We come out then and, and uh, have a chance to go respond. And uh, it, it just seems like that um, we had found it offensively right there. We do get a delay of the game. And that's, that's one of the things I'll mention too that's kind of uh, maybe overlooked is these pre-snap penalties that we, you know, that used to plague us last year. We had a ton of problems with it earlier in the year. Not so much. Not so much on uh, on Saturday. The delay of the game, and I really think that was more on the bench. Tommy's flagged for it, but it's really more on the bench when I get in the play in. 
uh, Osiris with an 18-yard catch and run. And that's one of the things where I think we're seeing some uh, some real improvement from Osiris. He used to be one of those guys, it was all he could do to catch the football. You know, he would catch it and just kind of get out because he wanted to make sure that he completed the catch. Now he's becoming a little more of a complete receiver. And so you got a nice catch and run there for 18 yards. That's your first down. Kylan runs again. Tommy runs again. We got a first down here thanks to a personal foul on Chris Moncrief where he, he shoved Stevens out of bounds. And I saw them complain about that. Anytime a guy's in the white, you can touch him. But if you extend the arm and shove him down, you're going to get flagged. And and good for Tommy, even though there was kind of minimal contact there. Go ahead and get down. Go ahead and, go ahead and get down. Now, Kylan rushes for 15. Kylan rushes for 8. Nick rushes for 19. And uh, like all of you, I agree, Nick Gibson should have had more touches, but I know we wanted to get Colin going. Uh, but when Nick had the football, he ran it really well. Ran it really well. Uh, then th- this is the drive we ended up missing the field goal. And uh, a lot of people said, well, Steve, what about Jace Christman? So I, I, I'm going to go ahead and give you a little information about Jace. J- so if, in case you have forgotten, Jace Christman got in a little, little trouble earlier this year I want, I want to make sure that everybody understands he, it is not connected with his Tudor Gate business at all. Jace's not involved in any of that, okay? Not not involved in it. We'll find out today and get some clarification. We believe it's a one-game deal. But Jace is not connected to any of that, okay? So Jordan Lawless goes out there and uh, misses the field goal. And it, and it really, you know, it, it's just one of those things. He uh, It faded pretty fast. Just didn't hit it well. And you kind of felt like, again, we've let them off the hook. We've absolutely let them off the hook. We, we let them get back in the ball game on a special teams miscue, and now we've missed the opportunity to take the lead on another special teams miscue. They come back. Next thing you know, uh, we create another turnover. You know, they're, they're getting a little drive together, and the next thing you know, there is a uh, – they called it a sack – but it really wasn't a sack. It was one of those deals where their quarterback was back and uh, ran into his own teammate, and uh, Errol Thompson picks it up. So, again, looking back here, you've got three turnovers on their first, what, four possessions? Is that correct? So the defense is doing their part here, and yet it's a tie ball game 7-7 because special teams gives them the football back. But again, right at this point, defense is playing well. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily feel that way because we're not we're not used to guys being able to run the football against us a little bit. But that's the reality of it. The defense was playing well. It's another three and out. So you go back to back turnovers. Then you get a three and out. You muff the punt, give them a touchdown. Then another three and out. In a manner of speaking. But an abbreviated drive, four plays, 22 yards. And Mississippi State ends up with the football there. And at this point, I was just expecting, okay, let's just go ahead and take control here. And then State comes back on this drive and really begins to get going. And there's Colin Hill again, eight yards here, 12 yards there, uh, complete to Dante Jones of 14 yards. And man, we talked about the tight ends being a bigger piece of things. We didn't see those younger guys. Uh, Cumbus did not play, Spivey played a little bit. But there's Dante Jones. Nice catch and run all the way down to the eight-yard line. Uh, Nick Gibson rushes, dives for the pylon, gets in there. His final carry of the day. So he had two carries for, what, 20 yards, including the first down and a touchdown. 
Nick needs football more. Not that, not that we want to take anything away from Colin, but uh, you know, we want to save some wear and tear. Lawless converts. Okay, now it's 14-7. to 7. Quick drive there. We felt like, okay, defense has been playing well. Let's go get the ball back and uh, begin to get some separation. But that's not what happened. That's not what happened at all. UL puts together their best drive of the first half. Again, running the football. Nine yards from Mitchell, two yards from Mitchell, three yards from Mitchell. Then a complete pass to to, uh, to Raymond Calais running back out of the backfield. Another pass to Kelly out of the backfield. Regus rushes for six. Regus rushes for one. So you see all of these run, offense running to the running back position, whether it be pass or whatever. Uh, that's a real weapon, but we're going to see some other backfields this year in SEC with much more talented players. Mitchell runs again, and then we get a complete pass to Nick Ralston for a touchdown. And uh, it's just one of those things that that was and, – and I saw the play live, and then I heard some people on com- Twitter complaining about the block in the back. Now, the play design was very good. He was probably going to be uh, you know, out of bounds inside the 10, but there clearly was a block in the back there on C.J. Morgan. I'm less concerned about that play than I am about all these positive running plays. That's the thing when you go back and look at this, not a negative play on this drive, not a single negative play on this drive. They were challenged. They came right back, tied the ball game, and at that point it really felt like we were not in control. We were in a situation now where we were going to have to to battle this thing out. And uh, like good teams do, we responded with a scoring drive of our own. Again, Colin Hill for 12 yards. I mean, just ripping and running left and right. Uh, Tommy Stevens to Javante Payton. Thought he would be a bigger part of things. And uh, if you see on that play, you know, he makes a good catch and nearly gets a first down. He's going to be a weapon for us. And, and I expect to see him be a bigger part of the offense as we move forward. And then Colin again for seven. Then there's that beautiful pass play to Austin Williams. And uh, it's really kind of a hollow concept there where Colin Hill uh, kind of gets the defender there in, in um, no man's land where he, he ended up not defending Colin or Austin. It was a great throw by Tommy and a great catch by Austin. Then there's Colin for 12. Cowan for four. And then a, a complete pass to Austin Williams. He got he got stung on that play, but he, he hung on to it. Then Tommy Stevens to Farad Green for a first down. And then Tommy scores on a rushing touchdown there. That is as good a drive as we had all day. Mixing and matching, running different concepts, using different players, spreading the ball around, but also to Cowan Hill. Clearly the bell cow this offense. A big part of that thing. He's an explosive player. You guys know this, and that was part of the argument last year. But it's like, you know, he's he's one of our best players. Why doesn't he have the football more? It's it's clear at this point that Joe plans to uh, to make sure that he has more opportunities. And then you get a, a quick three and out again, a quick three and out, and then you probably could have thrown the uh, thrown the hail mary there, but you didn't. Uh, but you get into the halftime locker room, twenty one fourteen. I don't. Th- we I think we felt okay. I don't think we felt great. I know I didn't feel great. At that point, I was a little – it kind of felt a little South Alabama-y. You know what I'm saying? You know, it kind of felt like, ugh. And forget the fact that we were up 20 nothing in that ball game. But the, but the bottom line was it just it just felt like we should be farther ahead. Speaking of farther ahead, let me remind you that uh, our friends at MyBookie, they're, they're here to help you get ahead. It's a new football season. There's been a lot of chaos on the offseason, a lot, a lot of guys changing teams. Uh but now the season's here. Now the season is here. Now it's time for you to get serious about perhaps where uh, 
where you're going to invest your money when it comes to having some skin in the game. My bookie is absolutely the best place to bet on f- football every single weekend. From wagers on college football action to odds on the presidential election, my bookie has something for everybody. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book in the industry, period. This year, my bookie is hosting the first ever online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs 100 bucks to enter. All you have to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every single week to climb the leaderboard and share and your your share of that huge cash prize pool. I, I wouldn't push you guys towards these guys if I didn't believe in them. They've been with us for a long time. Bookies all my bookie's always the right play. You bet, you win, and they'll pay. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the industry. And for you fantasy guys. You can bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each and every game. They're, they're literally a bed for everything and everybody. Up to a hundred thousand, up to a thousand, pardon me, about up to a thousand first deposit bonus. Double your first deposit. Use promo code Boneyard to activate that offer. Visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget our promo code Boneyard. That's B O N E Y A R D when creating your account to claim your bonus. Bet when. Get rich, kids. All right, so uh, let's get the second half here before we get to uh, into a lot of other other comments. I just, there's some things I'm, I'm dying to say, but um, so we start that second half, and, and, we, and we spoke to Joe in the post post game, and Joe said, "Okay, listen, the uh, the halftime locker room speech really was not for the faint at heart." Joe let him know, you know, some things we needed to do differently, to put it mildly. He mentioned that special teams got to come out and make a play for us. Special teams had really impeded our ability to gain some separation in the first half of this ball game. Second half, much, much different effort. Much different effort for the special teams. We end up having a kickoff. Scott Goodman gets the touchback there. It's one thing, this whole sky kicking thing, I'm not a big fan of that, especially when they've got guys that can, they're decent return guys because every, like every time we sky kick, they would bring out to the 30. Goodman begins the second half with a touchback. And that was one thing he was great at last year. I mean, consistently putting the ball into or out of the back of the end zone. He gets a touchback, so already we're already off to a better start. UL comes out, and they begin to, to put, a, put a drive together. You know, they get a couple. Again, they're committed to the run here. Committed to the run. Regus two, Regus for nine. Then they get a four-yard gain, and then there's a personal foul. That, I believe that was the chop block. And uh, then there's another penalty for a substitution infraction. Then all of a sudden they run for no gain. Fabian Lovett with the big tackle there. And that's one thing I'll share. Of those younger guys, I thought Fabian Lovett looked the best at defensive tackle. We knew that he was going to be a big-time player. I I thought that Crumity was a bit up and down. And Fabian was, but to a lesser extent, I thought Fabian Lovett looked to be the better of the interior linemen. So as, as this thing moves forward, as they begin to settle the rotation, I expect that Lovett will be in there a little more regularly. And, and again, I think when you go watch the film, and many of you probably don't want to watch it again, but when you do, you'll see that Lovett is in there getting some push. He's getting some push. Uh, so they end up punting after this drive. Then we have an opportunity here, again, to get some separation. You've gotten the stop, and some of that, too, was courtesy of their their – of, of UL's uh, ineptitude, a couple penalties there, uh, ends up, end up losing four yards on the drive. So we come out, Colin for three. 
get a nice pass of Dedrick Thomas, and I tell you, I, I thought Dedrick looked good in, good in space there. Really, really like his quicks. Uh, Colin again for Ford, and we've got a pass to Osiris Mitchell for a first down. Colin for eight, Colin for 18, Colin for five, and then you know what, guys? It's a touchdown. It's clear we're going to ride Colin Hill. It's clear. And because of the fact that Tommy Stevens can complete some balls down the field, it's going to keep those safeties out of the box. It's going to open up more running lanes for Colin Hill. That was clearly evident on Saturday. Now it's 28-14. Now everybody around is able to exhale a little bit. You, and you could figure it in the Superdome. Everybody's like, okay, all right, all right, good. We're at least a couple plays away now. Well, then here's what happens. <laughs> so uh, UL starts putting a little drive together. And again, it's they're trying to mix and match some. One of the things that I have uh, that I will say about Levi Lewis, and listen, let me go ahead and run out of the gate and tell you this, the kid's not an SEC player, okay? That said, I don't know that we will see a mobile quarterback with better ball handling than what we saw from Levi Lewis. Left-handed kid, and that's difficult to replicate in practice. I don't, I don't care what you do or how you do it. It's difficult to replicate a guy that is that shifty and quick and and, uh, and can get outside, especially being a left-handed thrower, because you, you're just not used to that play action. And, and because they had already established the run, that made us a lot more susceptible to these boots because what would happen is we start selling out to stop the run, the linebackers get pinched inside a little bit, and they boot off of it, we've lost outside contain. It gives him the run-pass option. And he was trouble. I mean, Levi Lewis, in that league especially, kid from Scotlandville High School outside of Baton Rouge, he, he's going to be a problem in that league. I mean, he really is. He gave us trouble. And, and, and let's give him some credit. Now, we didn't play our best. But I thought the kid stepped up and he was a gamer. The kid's a winner, okay? And, again, we're going to see some quarterbacks better in the SEC. But that kid's a handful, so give him credit. But, again, they put a drive together, and then uh, as they're they're getting going, and Jaden Crumberty with a big tackle there after a, a long rush from Raymond Calais, that they're driving down. And it's, they're in Mississippi State territory and plus territory. It looks like they're going to get back in the ball game. Marquis Spencer forces a fumble. Cam Dancer grabs it out of the air. There's a uh, – a mad dash, I guess, once the ball hit the ground. You know, Cam said he lost the ball in the lights, which is interesting for a fumble. And then you feel like, okay, let's now we've got a chance now. We're up two scores with ball possession. We've got a chance to really kind of take control and put this thing away. You come out there, Tommy Stevens rushes for four. But what I liked about this drive is Tommy Stevens got hot. Tommy Stevens got hot. The Mississippi State wide receivers got hot. And I like the play calling here because it's like, you know what, we're fixing to go win the game right here. We're fixing to go put the game away right here on this drive. I don't know that Joe challenged them, but that's kind of how it came across to me. He's like, okay, guys, we've got them on the ropes. Let's go knock them out. Stevens rushes for four. We're complete to Osiris for 19. Back to Osiris for seven. Complete to Stephen Gidrick on 11 yard. And I, and I thought Stephen Gidrick looked flawless. Anytime we threw him the ball, he looked like a big-time player. He looked like the guy we were hoping he was going to be. Works back to the quarterback there. Nice footwork to stay in bounds. Really, really solid effort there. Then we've got a nice pass to, uh, to Isaiah Zuber, and it's negated by on a holding call. Uh, I hated that because I tell you, the pass was beautiful, but the catch was even better. Isaiah Zuber is going to be a problem, a real problem for opponents. Um. So then uh, we come back, and then we're, com- we're complete to Stephen Gidry. We don't, we're not able to do much there. And then we come back and get that, that pass to Isaiah Zuber. Uh, 
but it just felt like we were finding some rhythm offensively. Finding some rhythm. We ended up having a punt there. First punt of the day, Tucker Day downs it at the one-yard line. I mean, just a tremendous effort. I mean, just just like you draw it up. They got a big push off the left-hand side. Didn't impact him at all. Great effort. Great, great, great effort. Special teams, right? Remember in the first half, special teams ran our way. Second half, special teams making plays to win the ball game. Well, then you get a three and out. You got him pinned up deep. And, uh, yeah, listen, I, I give uh, – Shoot a lot of credit. He brought some run blitzes there, tried to change it up a little bit, and uh, they end up having a punt. And then uh, Malik Deer, with the biggest play he's had in a couple years, probably since the knee injury, Malik Deer, 40-yard punt return, nearly takes it back to the house. And at that point, you're like, okay, we go out there and we have the big drive. We don't finish, but then we get great special teams play and a three and out from the defense, and then special teams play again. We're right back in business, right? Pretty much better than we were. Uh, very first, and we go for the juggler right here. That's, again, I like play callers that want to go ahead and, and decide the game, not not just play to lose. And so Joe calls that great corner out, Austin Williams. Great, 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 great play. Great pass by Tommy Stevens. Great pass from Austin Williams. He And Tommy throws it up and away. And Austin Williams elevates over the defender, pulls it down, made it look easy, 12 yards for the score. It's 35-14 here, and I'll be honest with you, at this point, the game was over. And and I know people, oh, my gosh, Steve, don't say these things. And and that's the thing, we don't coach or play. We can say whatever we want. But it just felt like, you know what, Mississippi State's going to be able to do what we need to do here. And I think we relaxed a little bit on defense. And to Billy Napier and his team's credit, and I think Billy Napier – is going to be a Power 5 head coach sooner rather than later. Based on some of the scores this weekend, it might be sooner. But next thing you know, UL puts it together here, and uh, they respond. You know, they had every opportunity at this point because, you know, it's, it's under 13 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. You're down three touchdowns. They could have rolled over and quit. I think that happened last year in that 56-10 game. I think they really laid down once the game got away from them. We had a chance to make a big play. Corey Charles just happened to get his hand in the face mask. It wasn't anything intentional, but that ended up giving them a first down. And I, and I really think we were coming up on a big third and short there. But they get going, and, uh, you know, Levi Lewis takes him down. Eli Mitchell with, with a couple of decent runs there. But uh, they get inside there, and then they find a way to score. And um, it's a 35-21 game. And you're hopeful at this point, you know what, Let's go find a way to put the game away. Let's go answer that score with a score of our own. Colin for five, Colin for nine. Uh, complete to Stephen Giddy for 19 yards. Again, really, really looked good. Stephen Giddy really, really looked good. Colin for three. And then we're incomplete to Osiris. We're incomplete to Zub. And uh, that was one we, that we threw it behind him a little bit. He was open there. Stevens just kind of got rushed a little bit, did not complete the play there. And then Tucker Day, again, with a 38-yard punt down to the one-yard line. And at this point, you thought, okay, okay, we got you, boys. Nope. They put together a 99-yard drive, and there were a couple times we had them. There were, there were a couple times that uh, we should have been able to get off the field, and we weren't able to do it. We just simply weren't able to do it. The uh, the third and ten play, I thought, with uh, 
when he completed it to Jamar Bradley against Cam Dancer. I thought that was the most significant play of the drive because I felt like we, you know, again, we finally get into a third and ten situation. They make the play, we don't make it. And that's not the, Cam had a big day. I'm not trying to be ne- negative about Cam, but I thought that was a huge play for them. And then Trey Regis gets loose, and it's now a 35-28 game. Now, there have been Mississippi State teams in the past that have these self-fulfilling prophecies where you begin to think, okay, we're going to find a way to lose this ball game. And uh, I felt like, offensively, we had found enough and we had enough weapons at this point that we could go ahead and put the game away. And we did. We did go put it away here. I would like to have gotten a touchdown. But, again, you come out there, again, the game is on the line. And that's when you find out what you got. Cowan for 11, Stevens for 14, Cowan for a yard. They call timeout. We're kind of setting up a field goal here. You know, get a couple of rushes from Tommy Stevens. And uh, Jordan Lawless comes out, kicks field goal. And we only and all we did was make it more difficult on him. We had that substitution infraction, backed him up five yards. And the play that – the guy on this play – that we need to highlight is Cody Schexnader. Because when that happened, you could just see Cody talking to Jordan. You could see him calming Jordan down. You got it. You got it. Don't worry about it. You got it. And what does he do? He gets it. And it wasn't pretty, but he gets it. And he pushes it through, makes it 38-28 with just over a minute left. And it just at that point, it was just pretty much academic. And the final play of the game, Murray Smitherman intercepts the pass at the goal line. So we win the ball game 38-28. And, uh, you know, I think Mississippi State was around a 20-point favorite. So you don't cover. And uh, and so then all of a sudden there, there becomes all this angst. And uh, and so the, the main thing that I think people need to understand about all of that is uh, we all want the same things. And there are some people that express it differently than others. Okay, there are some people that, that they go out of their way to be negative what I consider negative. And you know what? I am okay with that. But I'm, I, I will respond to that. But had we at 35-14 kind of took over defensively and won this ball game, I don't know, 42-14 or something like that, it would be a different conversation today. But once that happened, once we got up three touchdowns in the fourth quarter and then they were able to rally and score a couple of touchdowns to, you know, to, to make the game a little bit unsettled that that that's where all of this is coming from because when you go back and look at the numbers and defense played pretty well in the first half other than one drive remember we gave them the field on that muff punt but other, they had really one sustained drive in the first half but so when you look at that in hindsight you think okay but the defense began to wear down a little bit and and of course the lazy take and, I, and I, I've already chastised a couple of my friends about this. The lazy take is, oh, well, this is where the suspension show up. Guys, no, it's not. No, no, it's not. Because uh, about half of the players involved in the Tudor Gate suspensions weren't even on a dress list. Would not have been on a dress list, and I, as I've said for weeks. Not going to be that big a difference. Truly not. I can think of really, really one player, one player, that would have made a difference uh, on Saturday. But that's got nothing to do with the DBs uh, turning to the sidelines asking for a timeout on that last touchdown drive of UL. Not any guys that you're missing out there at those positions uh, that would have been on the field in that situation. It's got nothing to do with the suspensions. I, I, again, that's the lazy take. That, that's that's a little hanging fruit. And you say, oh, well, you know, well, Steve, you know, we, we had this, we had that. You know, yeah. The bottom line is, is that 
we were not ready to play in that fourth quarter. You can come out and say, okay, well, you know, you've got some young guys out here. You've got some guys out here that are very talented. But you could sense at 35-14 that we relaxed and they got going. I thought their intensity level in the fourth quarter exceeded ours, and that's why they outscored us down a stretch. And so one of the things that uh, all of us have noticed is, hey, you know, the tackling, tackling was not very good. One of the things that I will point out about that is uh, that is not unique to Mississippi State. If you watch any college football over the weekend, and I trust that you did, uh, tackling was bad in just about every game because it is pretty much consistent across the board when it comes to uh, to week one football. Now, one of the guys that uh, that I saw miss some tackles that ordinarily does not was uh, Errol Thompson. And if you know anything about Errol, when Errol went in and watched film of that, he was not happy with his performance. And you better believe that guy will be better this week. You know, I don't think he had a bad game, but there were some there were some situations, there were plays that he ordinarily makes that he didn't make. Maybe that's because of the 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 surface playing surface. Maybe it's because of the fact that the quarterback, Levi Lewis, was a little bit slippery than they anticipated. I don't know. But I do know this. I know that Errol Thompson is a great football player. Errol Thompson is an all-SEC football player. He is not going to miss those tackles in space regularly. That guy, of all guys, will get it right. I thought that our ends at time were a little bit disappointing. There were times we had an opportunity to get the quarterback on the ground we couldn't finish. Don't know that that'll be the case. Not a lot of mobile quarterbacks in the league this year we're going to face, but there are there are enough that are going, that's a concern that you guys, you know what, we got to find a way here. When we get the guy flushed, we got to get him on the ground. I can think of probably four or five plays, huge chunk plays, where we got great pressure and we flushed Lewis and he was able to find a guy down the field because as things broke down, he's able to kind of play some, some uh, backyard football there. But the bottom line is we, we win the ball game. Now, real quickly here before we move on, because we'll see Joe Moorhead a little bit later today, uh, looking at the uh, – I don't know if, if, if you guys have just run the numbers here. I don't know if you look at the box scores. A couple things I'll point out to you that uh, that I think are significant with all of this. Uh, Colin Hill runs for 197 yards. In case you're wondering, that's third best in the nation. Third best in the nation in week one. Uh, Chuba Hubbard from Oklahoma State had 221. Travis Etienne from Clemson, love that guy, 205. And then Christopher Brown and Colin Hill, both at 197. Chris Brown out of, out of California. So 197 yards, which is the most in the Southeastern Conference through week one. So through, through week one, your leading rusher for the SEC is Colin Hill. And remember, nobody picked him. Nobody picked him to be all SEC. So it's just one game, but uh, it's a good start. Now, on that last drive, Colin Hill had his leg twisted, and you know he kind of limped off a little bit, and I saw him on the bench trying to get loose. We'll get an update on that today, as well as some of these offensive line injuries. We, we don't have access to the team over the weekend. On Sundays, you know, we, don't, we don't talk to them. So Saturday, it's a preliminary diagnosis. They don't want to get into all that. Hey, they'll be evaluated when they get back on Sunday. We will find out today. But I will share that Darrell Williams and Darian Parker came back, and I thought Evans Wilkerson was outstanding thrown into the mix there and uh, did a really good job. And then and then he gets banged up and LaQuinson Sharp has the snap. We end up playing three centers in a ball game. I don't think anybody expected that. Goes to show you what a good offensive line coach Marcus Johnson is to have those guys ready to go. 
they were outstanding. I think the offensive line play was outstanding. We give up two sacks, one of those on Tommy uh, for not making the change in the protection there, and another one we just had, you know, it's a covered sack. But uh, the bottom line, offensive line played well, uh, did a good job kind of paving the way. State runs for 261 yards on the day, through for 236. So we're pretty balanced there, but skewed a little more toward running because you're trying to put a game away. Later in the ballgame, we're going to run a lot more. But uh, look at an individual numbers here. Uh, Tommy Stevens, 20 of 30, 236, two touchdowns, uh, then sacked just the two times there. Uh, Tommy Stevens rushed 11 times, 44 yards gained, seven loss, so a net of 37. And Nick Gibson, and pardon me, two carries, 27. That's a pretty good average. You're right, 13 and a half. Goodness gracious. Osiris Mitchell, six grabs for 88 yards and a, and a score. Austin Williams, Three grabs, 43 yards, and a score. Stephen Gidry, four catches, 36. I, you know, listen, I am on the on, on the feed Stephen Gidry train. That that's that's me. I think we got to find a way to get that guy, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten touches a game. We target him a lot more. Like to see Zuber get a little more involved, but uh, you run the numbers here, and uh, I believe we had ten guys catch a pass. Let's see here: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Get nine guys catch a pass. So you can spread the love around a little bit. Uh, getting into tackles, Errol Thompson, despite the fact he missed a couple tackles, guess what? Lead your team in 10 tackles. Capri Landrews at strong safety, eight tackles. Cam Dantzler, seven. That's a lot for a corner. C.J. Morgan, free safety with seven. Leo Lewis with six. Chauncey Rivers with four, including the TFL. Brian Cole with three. And you're going to see him a lot more active. Trust me. You'll, you'll see a lot more of him. But uh, played a lot of people. Uh, James Jackson with a tackle, Fabian Lovett with one. So got to get better on the interior. Got to get better on the interior, and that will come in time. Bob Shute's one of the best defense coordinators in the country. He'll have a scheme together, and Deke Adams will have these guys coached up. But it's going to be some up and down with young guys. you got to go ahead and expect that. There are going to be some weeks we're going to play pretty well on defense and some weeks that we're not. Some weeks we're going to have to outscore people. Uh, But the bottom line is Mississippi State's 1-0. 1-0. I want to remind you when you're in town this weekend, and I cannot wait to get back to Davis Wade Stadium. I cannot wait. It's been too long because we've all been to Davis Wade Stadium. It's been almost a year, 10 months, I guess, almost 10 months. But uh, we're going to have uh, you guys in town this weekend. Can't wait for you to get here. So why don't you go by, go by and visit campusbookmart.net. Matter of fact, I saw the lovely and talented Susie and her husband yesterday uh, eating a sandwich. I was in town picking up lunch, saw them. She comes up and says hello and says that many of you have come by and said hello to her and made her feel an even bigger part of the team there. They've got a great crew there at Campus Bookmark. They're going to take care of you and treat you like family because you are family. If you can't make it to town, we encourage you to visit them at campusbookmark.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we'll give you a phrase that pays. The promo code is BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that code, BSR, will get you free shipping on all orders over $50. Any order less than 50 bucks, absolutely incomplete. Quick look around the league before we get out of here. Uh, I, you know, I, I love SEC football. We did not play exceptionally well as a conference over the weekend. I, I think that is fair, and I don't know that anybody could argue against that. I mean, I, I think Georgia and Vanderbilt look – I mean, pardon me, Georgia and Alabama uh, look dominant as expected. I don't know that that was really the case around the league. Uh, you know, we played last week. You know, of course, Florida beats Miami. A&M beats Texas State on Thursday night. I'm not sold on A&M. Uh, I'm not. Toledo gives Kentucky a much more difficult game than I think people expected. Uh, 38-24, 
Kentucky with 14 big fourth quarter points to put that thing away. Uh, again, not sold on Kentucky. Uh, I'm, I'm getting ready for six and six, seven and five. Uh, Memphis beats Ole Miss. Not a surprise here. I think the surprise here was just uh, the, the the lack of scoring. I think most people expected this thing to be a bit of a shootout. Uh, and I, I went and watched the game yesterday, and uh, people were like, "Oh, the defenses look better." I, I I completely disagree. I don't think either defense looked great, even though I thought Memphis at times looked pretty athletic on defense. Uh, I, I was really more about some inept offenses. There were a lot of missed opportunities, and I felt like Memphis spent the entire day on the Ole Miss side of the field and just couldn't get out of their own way. Had some turnovers and some penalties. Uh, I, I, I don't think Ole Miss defense is better. Uh, I don't think they're quicker I don't, I don't, in any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I thought Kenny Gainwell from uh, Yazoo City from Memphis gave Ole Miss all kinds of trouble. And uh, if they think that kid was difficult to corral – Wait till they get into these SEC bags. Again, Ole Miss staring 4-8 and eight right in the face, possibly a 3-9 and nine type year. They'll get Arkansas this weekend. Uh, the loser of that game will be the uh, seventh-place team in the SEC West in the final standings. Uh, South Carolina let us down. Uh, you know, South Carolina gets off to a big start. They get up 10-3 to three there, give up 15 fourth-quarter points to lose that ball game 24-20. Mac Brown, uh you know, gets the new era off on a good start. That's a big win for them in the belt kickoff in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, big, big win for UNC. And, and, and South Carolina will be chasing bowl eligibility all year. That This is one they really needed to get. Uh, the biggest surprise of the weekend, Georgia State, 38, Tennessee, 30. I, I can't really explain it. It, it, does, it makes no sense to me. If you watch any of those highlights, you will see a, a bad tackling football team. Tennessee gets up 14-7. to seven. But when the game was on the line late, Georgia State outscores them 17-10 in the final quarter to win 38-30. The gnashing of teeth in Knoxville has already begun. Many people already asking for a coaching change up there, already declaring Jeremy Pruitt uh, the wrong guy. And I I said from the beginning that was a questionable hire, uh, especially for a program like Tennessee. I think it just goes to show you this this is who you are, Tennessee. This is who you are. The, the day, the Phil Farmer days and all that stuff, there is a cultural problem at Tennessee. And I think, really, I think rehiring Phil Farmer as athletic director only adds to that. I don't think that that corrects the culture. They need to completely start fresh at Tennessee, completely. I mean, absolutely completely. I mean, Smokey the Hound, yeah, he needs to go too. I mean, they just need to clean house. Uh, Alabama dominates Duke 42-3, to and I know that Alabama kind of kicked themselves in the foot in that first quarter took them a while to get going. It was scoreless after one, but once they got going, they got going good, and that game was over before the fourth quarter began. Portland State gives Arkansas all kinds of trouble. A 20-13 game. Guys, this Chad Morris thing's not going to work out. I mean, you, we can say what we want, and they, oh, well, they're recruiting this, they're doing that. Guys, it's not going to work out. It, it's it's not going to work out. Uh, they needed an interception to, to close that thing out late. Portland State outscores them 7-3 in the fourth quarter and was driving for the game-tying score. And they throw an interception, and Arkansas escapes with a win. They will travel to Oxford this weekend, and what will be one of the more entertaining ball games of the uh, of the weekend. Uh, I think that Arkansas Miss game will be pretty fun to watch, especially if Arkansas wins. Auburn comes from behind. Auburn, you know, Oregon was pretty much dominating the game, and then Auburn puts it together late, uh, scores 14 points in the fourth quarter to win 27-21. Uh, big moment for Bo Nix, and it's so silly. I see people saying that. Uh, you know, he's a Heisman guy. He had a gassy two for 177 yards. He had a couple good drives there. Let's go ahead and calm down. 
Uh, LSU absolutely dominated Georgia Southern, and I and I expected that to happen. I just felt like LSU was just so explosive on on defense. You're not going to be able to run an option game against them for any great level of success, guys. It was 42 to three at the half. Final score 55 to three. LSU could have got 100 in that ball game. A bit of an upset. Wyoming comes from behind to knock off Missouri 37-31. A huge 27-point second quarter. The difference in that ball game. Mizzou gets up 14-0, and the next thing you know, uh, they're down 27-17. Missouri made a go of it late. Kelly Bryant, man, threw for 423 yards. Huge, huge numbers there, but the loss. And, again, a lot of people were high on this Missouri team early on. They're going to be pretty good offensively. Uh, but uh, that Eastern division is getting better. And I think Missouri is probably going to be one of those teams we look back and said it might have been a little, might have been a tad overrated. Georgia, 30 to six winners. You know, I mean, this, this, this is what's going to happen. It's going to be the usual suspects. It's going to boil down to Georgia and Florida in the East, and then Alabama and somebody else in the West. You know, we'll see how it all, all shakes loose. But uh, again, a couple of upsets out there that are a little bit disappointing. That Wyoming went over Mizzou, and of course, uh, the Georgia State and Tennessee thing, and then with Memphis beating Ole Miss, not an upset. Can you imagine how much fun it is for Memphis fans around the water cooler today with their Tennessee co-workers, right? Well, folks, um, before we get out of here, I want to remind you, you can pre-order your copy of Stark Villains by going to starkvillainsthebook.com. You can pre-order that, and uh, and we'll have a signed copy sent to you once the book is released. should be later this month. We'll uh, update that as we go. Uh, we're already seeing a ton of pre-orders, a ton. And uh, I want to thank you guys for your support. And if you're looking for your Stark Villains gear, you can find that at StarkVillains.com. Order your T-shirts and hoodie. We're starting to get some some cooler weather, so those hoodies are going to be popular. They're already beginning to stock those and get those ready to go for you. And listen, one thing I'll share with you too: these aren't going to be clothes that are like sitting that have been sitting like in a warehouse somewhere just waiting for you. When you order them, they're made within a matter of a couple of days. You're getting them fresh, brand new, right out of the box, good to go. Very happy to partner with those fine folks. Uh, that, that run Deep South Pal. Well, that's going to do it for today. We'll be back on Wednesday. We'll discuss what we've learned from our players and coaches over the course of our media opportunities, and we'll begin to look ahead. College football weekend's going to be here, and I'll tell you, and as I said earlier, I cannot wait to be back in Davis Wade Stadium. The first game for Isaiah Zuber and, and Tommy Stevens and others in our stadium with the cowbells ringing for them. Let me encourage you, go ahead and turn out. Southern Miss is going to bring in, the, it's going to be a good team. I expect State to win a ball game, but this is going to be a good ball game. This is going to be a, you know, an opportunity again for us to kind of learn and get better as a team. And everybody plays better at home. And one of the reasons they do is because some of the greatest fans in all of college football call Mississippi State home. So we encourage you, come be a part of this. Get a cowbell. Go buy a campus bookmark. Buy yourself a new shirt. Go to Bulldog Bear Company. Uh, grab yourself some nourishment and come be a part of all this. Uh, big weekend on campus, the home opener. And need, it, we need a raucous, raucous home environment. I know you guys will absolutely bring the ring. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we'll make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.